Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. And I'm Anthony. And we are excited to be here for our post-Valentine episode where we picked a romantic comedy question mark. Uh, we'll get to that later though. Uh, speaking of Valentine's day, how was your Valentine's guys? Um, how was your Valentine's y'all? Uh, I worked at a band concession stand. It was great. How was yours, Tom? It's not in fact great. (laughs) Uh, mine was pretty awesome. I tried to do some, some nice stuff for my ladies. I got Christine, Ellie, and my mother-in-law roses. They had two dozen roses on sale. So they each got two dozen. $19 $19 at Whole Foods. Dang. I know, right? So I got to look like a big spender and big winner for like spending 20 bucks. And then we set up a whole big like uh, Valentine's Day party for Ellie. She got a bunch of Valentine's gifts. And uh, she asked me to make, uh, we, we, I let Christine and Ellie pick their um, Valentine's dinner that I made. Christine asked for me to make again the heart-shaped pizza. So I made a heart-shaped pizza. And Ellie asked for green bean casserole. So we had hot shape, <gasps> heart-shaped pizza and green bean casserole for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Which might I also add, Ellie said today, I really like green bean casserole, Daddy. Will you make that for me for my birthday? It's only three days away. Oh, my oh. gosh. <laughs> That's a so. keeper right there. Yeah. And then uh, we... We uh, got a new TV on Super Bowl Sunday and a new bed on Valentine's Day. So, oh, <laughs> that, were, that reminds me of that office, uh, the Jim and Pam's wedding, where they try to check into the hotel early, and the honeymoon suite is booked for the night before their wedding, and they see it's Andy, and Andy's like, "Hey, got the honeymoon suite, gonna break in the bed." <laughs> <laughs> no no um we got a we got one of those beds that like lift and tilt and massage and it's like a split king and um ellie was very excited so she insisted on sleeping in our bed last night because like, daddy the, the back of the head's too high now it's too low oh dear turn on the massager that'll help me go to sleep the massager doesn't help me go to sleep can you lift up my legs <laughs> anthony how was yours I'll, I'll share this poem with you i wrote for valentine's day Ghosts are Uh-oh. white, vampires are dead. Valentine's would be better if it were Halloween instead. <laughs> uh, okay, I, I gotta tell you, you know I, what's really funny about that? <laughs> a guy I work with for Valentine's Day wore a shirt. It had a, like a white ghost on it. And it said, I'm getting too old for this sheet. <laughs> and he said he was wearing that because he was going around to get all of his, do his Valentine's errands and put that shirt on. Awesome. So you're one of two people who brought Valentine's to, to Halloween for me. 
Uh, I, I, credit to that poem goes to some random internet person, but I like it. Uh, Valentine's is just another average day for me and Sarah. We don't do anything for it. Like, it's just a day. It's a racket. Hallmarking the candy shops and flower shops, jacking up the prices just for a random day. So... Thank you, Ron. Not, not Whole Foods. They knock the prices down, man. Not, not, not our, not our, uh, not our jam. If we did anything Valentine's Day, the Louis C.K. thing the week before was our little date night. So, um, yeah. So it was just another day. Cool. We have also been dealing with the loss of Dexter. So I'm sorry, man. So sorry yep. about that. I wanted to mention that on the podcast since I only talked two weeks ago about how he was just diagnosed with asthma. Mm-hmm. He woke us up at 1 a.m. Saturday morning, unable to breathe. We tried to give him his inhaler. It wouldn't work. He started getting panicky. His like eyes started bulging and his tail got big. Then he tried running past us just to, like, you know, he was panicky. And, like, he took five steps and just keeled over, dropped dead. And it was the most <sighs> traumatic thing I've ever Oh, you had to watch seen. it all? Yeah. Buddy. Dude, that's awful. I'm so sorry. I appreciate that. But yeah, it's been very hard. And all three of us, Larry, dogs are smart, man. He piled all of Dexter's yeah. toys and has been sleeping on them of his Aww. own volition. Hmm. Yeah, dogs are smart. Got those big hearts. Big hearts. Yeah big hearts and to make to make matters worse i'm back in the office three days a week <laughs> Yay! No. Oh, which has been pointless it's nice not having any type of boss or people higher than me in my office but like it's yeah. been so pointless it's been good seeing a few people but like otherwise like i get so much more done at home both work-wise yeah. and like just it's nice multitasking around the house yeah. Yeah. Man. All of that is a bummer. Yeah. All of that is a bummer. So I'm ready for February to be over. I'm ready for I'm ready for the Batman next month. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the Super Bowl? We did watch the Super Bowl. We were very did happy with the Super Bowl. I was very happy the Rams won. I had no stake in that game. I was happy the home team won. When when I have no stake in the game, I'm I'm always rooting for the home team just because it's always mm-hmm. nice when the home team can win. So I was happy. Um, the commercials were fine. Uh, I love the Sopranos one, and and the Larry David cryptocurrency one throughout history where he kept doing all the bad <laughs> the bad ideas. Okay. <laughs> We're going to let everybody vote, even the even stupid, stupid ones. Even the stupid ones. <laughs> 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 and then they all have to pull him back as he's trying to rip up the Constitution. <laughs> I know. <It's> so <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh so much. Um, but yeah. And we really enjoyed the halftime show. So. <gasps> okay. The halftime show was legit. I think it's the single best halftime show I've ever seen. It's up there for me. I don't know if it's the single yeah. best. It was so good. So good. So good. Um, my father-in-law was watching with us and we said something about it later. And he's like, he's like, that was, he's like, I didn't really get much out of it. And I just looked at him and I said, did you forget about Dre? <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, he didn't yeah. even get that though, did he? No, but Christine. 
<laughs> Did you forget about Dre? Oh my gosh, that was so good. But it was great seeing seeing Dr. Dre and just all the the influence he's had on music, like all those oh, yeah. artists that were tied to Dre. Yeah, they cool. they were all great. They all looked good. And uh, Mary J. Blige looks good. Yeah, Snoop Doggy Dog always looks good. He's so love, fun to that, watch dance. I love that. I love the people from certain news outlets are flipping out. They took a puff of a joint beforehand because, like, it would have been news if he didn't do that. It's not news. Right. That he did that. <laughs> it's L.A. and it's Snoop, Snoop Dogg. Dog. <laughs> Come on! What did you think he was gonna not? Did you think he was not gonna have it on him? Uh, <laughs> like if he didn't do it, yeah, that would be breaking news. But like, why was anyone <laughs> right. pretending to be surprised about that? <laughs> or, you know, the only one I didn't know was Kendrick Lamar because I'm not familiar. But like, Ethan was sitting on the couch and he's like, "Hey, look, Kendrick Lamar!" And I'm like, "I didn't know who that was." The thing that Kendrick always with the Kardashian. The thing that always gets me about the halftime shows, and I'm impressed every year, is how fast they assemble and disassemble that stage. Yeah. That's, like, incredible. Especially, this. I love this year's stage. Like, the little town. Yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, that was really cool. It was really neat. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. And then 50 Cent was a surprise, right? He wasn't billed, was he, initially? He wasn't hawked as a performer for the halftime show, I don't think. I don't think so. I don't remember. So that was a nice I surprise. I didn't, rec- I didn't recognize him. But man, I feel like every Super Bowl, there are more and more commercials. He did. Oh, I was going to say 50 Cent really didn't look like 50 Cent, but I guess we've just seen the the, actual, the cost of inflation, right? <laughs> I was confused who he was when he was hanging upside down. Marty's like, that's got to be him because the song. But commercials i was otherwise occupied for the vast majority of the game but i did see although not with the focus i would have appreciated the first look at the lord of the rings show that is coming out and i'm very excited about that yes dr strange arrow catch that arrow that arrow catch oh that was that was awesome Super jazzed about that. Moon Knight, nice little longer trailer there. Yes. Also excited about that. And then the one I got to see the least of and I have yet to go find is the one I was most excited about, Anthony, the one you just mentioned. Doctor Strange. The full trailer is online. I need to go look. I saw creepy looking um, Wanda and Zombie Strange. And I looked at Ethan and I'm like, you have to watch What If. You must before we go uh i was most excited for jurassic world seeing the three <gasps> original cast members yes! back like Man. and, and you just see the three so, of them i got together. goosebumps i got goosebumps yeah i'm super excited about that like that's my a, dad that's, saw it and he's like i'm gonna watch that that's a sequel oh we've gosh. all been waiting for since the original one in 93 94 yes so ellie has we play lego jurassic world and she is obsessed with dinosaurs so like my gift like my gift to her was in a a children's encyclopedia of dinosaurs okay i'm gonna really adhd right now but i will tell you um ellie was on a call and she informed her teacher when she said elise she said i don't respond to elise i only respond to mosasaurus today (laughs) (laughs) but when that came on 
she said, hey, that lady looks like Ellie. And I was like, Ellie? And she said, yeah, Ellie Sattler from Jurassic World. And I was like, that's who that is, Ellie. <laughs> so she could even tell that Laura Dern was, was like, Ellie. How do you know this? And uh, Sam Neill's back and Jeff Goldblum. How do the three of them look like better now than they did in nine in the early nineties? They all all three of them age so good. Yeah. Especially Neil oh, and Goldblum. So they look real good. Uh Laura Dern too, though. Like don't count her. She, does out. Look she good. looks she looks fantastic as well. She does. All you can the... just see the work, and that always bothers me when you can like see the work. I would because, I would say yeah. if you are complaining about seeing the work, don't see anything with Courtney Cox or Jennifer Aniston nowadays. Yeah, I make it a point not to, in fact. Until I put Scream Four and Five on our schedule for Halloween one year. Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> I'll just I don't like seeing the work. I think you I don't know. Yeah. But Sam Neill, like the rock and the gray in the beard. Just own, owning it. Yep. yep. Yeah. Love it. Super excited about that. I'm super excited about that. And just the idea it's a movie about dinosaurs actually like just living among us too. Like that looks yes. so cool. Yes, please. Do I need to watch the one before it to really understand this one? All you have to know is the dinosaurs got out at the end and now they're living among us. Oh, they I created a dinosaur that. they shouldn't have created. I thought that was in the second Maybe I haven't that actually missed one. That, that was the second one. The big white one? Indominus Rex? The, Indomi- okay, the, the Indominus one. Rex was Jurassic okay. World, and they created another one that could like go mm-hmm. invisible in like Jurassic World, The Lost Kingdom. The, was that that takes place partially in that mansion and the little yeah, girl yeah. running away from... Yeah, yeah. Okay, I did see yeah. that one. Oh, okay. So they, they got out in... Where is that? Upstate New York? I think California somewhere because you see the T-Rex like yelling at the Hollywood sign at the end. At the Hollywood. Yep. yep. That's right. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. I'm with you now. And Mosasaurus was in. I I will say I'm confused that they're calling this a final chapter because I don't know how it ends with dinosaurs now living among us unless they like introduce like a disease to kill them all out. They don't end. (laughs) We do. Which personally, I hope that's the way. They end it like dinosaurs taking over again. And then like if they ever do it again in the future, it's like dystopian reality, like civilizations fall and dinosaurs rule the earth. And then it's like walking dead. Like with dinosaurs. With spears. Yeah. Walking dead, but with dinosaurs. That's what I was thinking. That would or, be awesome. Think about it. Think about it. Dinosaur scientists find Amber with human DNA <laughs> and they bring oh. people back and start making hybrid, super crazy people. But only, only if they all communicate via roaring, and it's all subtitles, <laughs> so, so that the Jeff Glo- the Jeff Bloom dinosaur, Jeff Gold, well, so that the Jeff Goldblum dinosaur roars, life uh, finds a way. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I am kind of sad if this is the last one and there are no more to look forward to. No, but that trail, the full trailer is so good too. Hearing John so Hammond's good. voiceover about wanting to, oh, so give me chills. I can't wait. Yep. Yep. Any non movie related commercials that you liked? Well, we mentioned it was on Mike. We mentioned the Larry David one. I really like the Sopranos yep. one. They all just see, like all of them run now that they're all using celebrities for everything and every celebrity's hawking crypto they all just feel the same yeah 
Yeah, there were lots of celebrities. You know? Hey, speaking of celebrities, you see Matthew McConaughey is uh, the face of Salesforce now. I did. Because nothing tell nothing says like <laughs> yeah. this is what I should entrust all of my data with. <laughs> Matthew, quite like McConaughey. A man, Matthew McConaughey. Quite like a man who gets arrested for playing drums at two in the morning naked in his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> you live your uh, life, but, Matthew McConaughey. But I think it's because Matthew McConaughey was doing what the Lincoln commercials for so long and just sounded yeah. so nice that everybody wants him now. Yeah. And sure. Eugene Levy is the uh, doing yeah. the BMWs. Uh, by the way. I'm still not over that joke during Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist that you made, Tom. When we were going through the cast, I was like, Jane Levy, and you were like, oh, Dan Levy's uh, Dan Levy's cousin. I was like, what? She's related to the Levies? I'm still not over <laughs> Still not over that. You were just left and right with those lies last week. We, we need to do a whole like lie episode for April Fool's this year, y'all. <laughs> that would be really funny, honestly. We could do like Rankin Bass and just make up all sorts of crap. <laughs> just to make Jerry's head explode. We'll, we'll bring Mike Westfall on for it because I bet he's really good at that on the fly. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it's funny. Oh, but that all sounds fun. You know what does not sound fun is talking about this movie tonight. <laughs> I don't know who suggested this movie. Netflix was... did. Oh, we are covering the 2001. 2001? 2021. I mean, 2021. 2021 Netflix original, single all the way. Plot synopsis. Like so many Christmas movies, single person is going home and is afraid of being the only single person in their family. To keep this from happening, Nick convinces his roommate and best friend, I'm sorry, Peter convinces his roommate and, and longtime best friend, Nick, to come home and pretend to fall in love. But is this plan too good? <laughs> that sums All right, it up. So that's what it was. We didn't um, even get the real synopsis. We just got the Tom one. I think the Tom one is actually pretty accurate. Did I, I? I think I covered it all, right? I didn't say it was inaccurate. <laughs> I just covered. I just pulled that off. I was. I was pretty happy with that one off the cuff. Uh, but it is. It is the. Uh, uh, you know, it is that that common trope where. Oh no, I'm single. My family's gonna make fun of me again. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go through. Let's just get through the cast on this one. It is directed by Michael Mayer. Who um, other movies he's directed was the 2018 movie The Seagull. He directed four episodes of Alpha House, the made-for-TV movie Hatfields and McCoy. Hmm. Uh, he directed the 2006 movie Flicka and the 2004 film at the end of the world, uh, which was a also a terrible movie with Colin Farrell. Just so y'all know, he also. Uh, directed Spring Awakening, which I just wanted to call out because we mentioned that last week. That was Skylar Aston's big debut on Broadway. Uh, it is written by Chad Hodge, who is uh, known for writing things like the book of Erlen Berlin, Irving Berlin's Holiday Inn, the Broadway musical. He wrote... The screenplay for The Darkest Minds, 
Good Behavior, the book for Irving Berlin's Holiday Inn, the Broadway musical, Wayward Pines, a few episodes, some episodes of Playboy Club, something Anthony probably likes. I do. I did like that. That was during that era of television. There was like a whole year where they did like different period dramas on the main like networks. Yeah. Like they did Pan Am. They did the Playboy Club. Those are all good shows, but they all only lasted like a season. I think NBC did them all, actually. Nothing terribly big to his name. He is billed as the uh, director for a movie called Anita that is in pre-production. Okay, and this movie stars Michael Yuri as Peter. I didn't really recognize him from anything, and when I looked through his IMDb... He's most well-known, I think, for Mark St. James on Ugly Betty. Yep, he was on the TV show Younger, The Bite, Swan Song, like you said, uh, Ugly Betty. The TV show Almost Family... The Good Fight. Uh, he was on The Good Wife. He had a two-episode run on Modern Family. He was in Hot on Hot in Cleveland, Partners, uh, Mode After Hours, The Tangled Web, Undressed, uh, and he is the vo- a voice on Beverly Hills Chihuahua. So if I did not like him enough for this role, add a mix, add in the mix that he was in Beverly Hills Chihuahua, and he really isn't topping my list. Nick, the roommate friend that we have, is played by Philemon Chambers, who is in this, a a new short called Johnny Brown, and a movie called Of Hearts and Castles, another short film. I'll just say this. I don't know what anyone else thinks. He was the least cartoony character in this movie for me, and that made him my favorite in this film. I I can agree with that wholeheartedly. I liked him a lot. The most likable character to me. 100%. Although I did feel really bad for James in this. I felt like his he was just there to have his emotions played. And I felt <laughs> like I, I pitied him because he did nothing to deserve what he got in this. He is played by Luke Mc, McFarlane, who is a Canadian actor. He's a familiar Hallmark best... face. To me. He's in a ton oh, of Hallmark yeah. movies. Is yeah. he a cutie McCute face, Julia? Absolutely a cutie McCute face. <laughs> He's oh, one of those man. where, you he know, if really you see, is. Yeah, you know, if you he see really a Hallmark had... movie come on and it has like the girl you're not a big fan on, you'll be like, yeah, I don't want to watch it. Well, I'm the same way with like the guy leads also. If it's like a guy lead that I don't really love, like the one that looks like Gronkowski, I will not watch it. This is not going to be our last time seeing him because no. he was in Christmas in My Heart. Chateau Christmas, Sense, Sensibility, and Snowmen, A Shoe Addict's Christmas, Karen Kingsbury's Kingsbury's Maggie Christmas Miracle, uh, The Mistletoe Promise, Christmas Land. I'm just. He went to Juilliard. Can I just drop that little tidbit? He went to Juilliard, plays the cello, Uh, sang in a boys' choir, and he's a Hallmark King. How you like them apples? <laughs> Stick to Hallmark. That's why I've got. What do you think the guy. Juilliard reunion is like? <laughs> right, like that. You probably got a lot of actors who were like, "Oh, I did this Shakespeare off Broadway thing." Well, I'm in this Hallmark. Uh, I play. He's like, <laughs> I'm banking big time, suckers. <laughs> by Shakespeare <laughs> off Broadway, do you mean that you recite Macbeth by the dumpster behind Taco Bell for money? <laughs> 
Hey, that's Shakespeare a, on Broadway. That's offensive. <laughs> no, I like him. I, in general, I like this Hallmark actor. I don't think I've honestly seen any of the Hallmark movies he's been in, surprisingly. Oh, they're good. They're typically pretty good. He's best known for Brothers and Sisters and Killjoys, though. This movie's a Killjoy. Barry Botswick. Have we covered Barry Botswick? I feel like he's been in so much we had to have. Uh, known, known as Brad in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, he is. Well, that was a million years ago. The only movie never to have left theaters ever since I started. Really? And he also played Mayor Winston in Spin City. It is, uh, when you say forever ago, it was literally like 47 years ago, Julia. Yeah, I know it. Wow. That is forever ago. That's crazy. He was in Spy Hard. He was in FDR, American Bad A, where he played FDR in a wheelchair with a gun, apparently. <laughs> have not heard of that one. Me either, but I can promise you I'm going to be Googling that later. <laughs> he was in Sherlock by M. Watson TV series. He was in Worst Extra Ever in the movie Christmas in Louisiana. The same year he was in A Christmas Miracle. Year before, same year he was in Santa Girl. Uh, so again, I think we'll be seeing more of him as our uh, list well, he was a voice less and less. In Phineas and Ferb, so it's potentially we covered him in the Christmas episode. Maybe can I interrupt for a second? He was in. Hold on, he was in Christmas in Louisiana, but before that, he was in Christmas in Mississippi. <laughs> for for those who don't know, FDR, American Bad A, is, is this version of his life. In this version of his life, FDR's polio is caused by werewolves who are also oh behind the, who are also behind the axis of powers, and it's up to President FDR to stop them and their plans of world domination. So basically, this is the sequel to Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Technically, the prequel, right? Oh uh, no, they both they both they both came out twenty twelve. So <laughs> okay, so. The big budget Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter gets pitched, and somebody's like, wait, let's do FDR Werewolf Hunter. And if Barry Bostwick as FDR doesn't sell it, how about Kevin Sorbo as Abraham Lincoln in this movie? Oh my gosh, Kevin Sorbo today? Oh Kevin my Sorbo God. said he has 30 movies that are ready to go, but nobody, even conservatives, will fund conservative movies in Hollywood anymore. Yeah. Keep keep being you, Kevin Sorbo. Please don't. <laughs> uh, he had a he had a recurring character on Law and Order SVU as an attorney, um, who was really really made you think a lot. Um, like you said, he was in Spin City. He, I mean, the guy's just been around forever. His career keeps going. He's in Dad's War and Remembrance. Uh, he played George Washington in George Washington Two: The Forging of a Nation. In the greatest adventure stories from the Bible, he played Joseph. Um, he was also George Washington in George Washington, the TV series. So he's a history of playing presidents. Strong characters. Sure. Uh, and then if- let, let's use the term president loosely, because until I see evidence that FDR was actually a werewolf who was going around shooting werewolf <laughs> members of the axis of evil, like, 
I won't consider that. A you know what, though? If he, says, if he says it as though it's true and we accept it, the onerous is on you to prove to me he wasn't. That's true. That's true. If <laughs> anything the past few years have taught me, it's that. That's yeah. Right. That's right. So next up is Jennifer Robertson, who was, uh, you may remember, she was Jocelyn from Schitt's Creek, the mayor's wife. Mm-hmm. We're big Jennifer Robertson fans, usually. Yeah. Not in this movie. Annoying nope. in this movie. She was just, there was no depth to her, right? Like, no depth yeah. whatsoever. Playing her eldest daughter is Madison Bridges, playing Daniela. Uh, didn't really recognize her, but she also has Christmas movie chops from Hallmark. Love you like Christmas. She's in the TV show The Big Top Academy and the Big Top Academy Schools Out Edition. The Parker Andersons. Uh, yeah. Her little sister is played by Alexandra Beaton. She plays Sophia. And Sophia is the luckiest girl alive supposedly in an upcoming show she was on the next step the hardy boys spiral and a tv movie called the perfect cheerleader uh how many more people do we need to talk about here y'all the mom kathy najimi yeah we've, we've talked about her so we don't really have to jump into her too much we've covered her you may remember Catherine. she's from this little uh this little <laughs> film that you may have heard of called hocus pocus uh, can Again, I just say much... she looks great? She looks better yeah. now than she did back then. Yeah, I think she looks good. And Jennifer Coolidge plays Aunt Sandy. I don't know what we covered her in, but I'm sure it's been something. Right? She's been in everything. I think so. Stifler's mom, for those of you who don't know. Stifler's mom. Also the bend and snap lady in Legally Blonde. right. Bend and snap. She was the the neighbor in Two Broke Girls. Oh, I like that show. Do you hate Dollface too? I haven't seen Dollface. Okay, I was just wondering if it was just that you straight up hate Cat Dennings or not. It's possible because she's the part I hated about that show because she does everywhere every line out of her mouth was a snarky like aside and it's not delivered in a good way like Dorothy and the Golden Girls. I think that was a lot more the writing, though, because they didn't set her up well for it, always. That is possible, but unfortunately, when the writing is bad, she's the face of it. Anyway. Uh, she's in one of the us... My Favorite Friends episodes. Oh, oh yeah, episode. she was. You don't like the tan she's episode? Oh, that's a tan one? Yeah, yeah. that's the one where you go. Okay, yeah, I like that. I, like, I love that subplot. I hate the subplot with her. Buffa Montesi, the... you don't like that? No, but the tanning stuff is some of the best stuff Friends ever did. I love that stuff. Marty and I love it, it and, and it's often quoted, okay, when she's standing there dancing. And Chandler goes, that lady's real annoying, but. All right, so none of us have history with this movie, so let's just jump in. We've got a guy living in L.A., right? And Correct. he is a photographer for shaving Something. company? I don't know. Like, shaving. Yeah. 
Because later on, when he's doing all the photos, yeah. he puts shaving cream well, on their face. And remember, in the opening scene razor. with all the naked with all the naked people loving on each other, they all had like the the shaving cream on their faces. Scantily clad, they're not naked. All I could think if of was, this needs more. This needs more John Cena penis. That's all I could think of. That sounds like it's from Peacemaker. Peacemaker. <laughs> That's from our episode last week. Uh, <laughs> by, by, that gor- that gorilla fight. But by, by, <laughs> by well, only John Cena can pull off fighting a gorilla and making it look like it was awesome. Anyway, by the way, speaking of half naked people, uh, listen to Robert Pattinson talk about Twilight now on his Batman tour. <laughs> talking about the directors of twilight like she can't just keep running off to the half naked guy if this was reverse and i was running off to people people would say i only cared about the boobs here she is just running off to the guy with the ass <laughs> <laughs> uh speaking of taylor lautner have y'all seen him in the new kevin james movie i saw previews for it yet? it's so good oh it's kevin james i love kevin james but not his movies. Yeah, I love his movies. Even they're stupid funny. You, you love Paul Blart Mall Cop. I, will, I yeah, love it's stupid funny. I love that. We should cover that Thanksgiving this year because that's a perfect yeah. Black Friday movie. I'm for all for I, Paul Blart. He's the level of stupid his, funny I appreciate. Dumb and Dumber don't his, appreciate. Have zero appreciation. His movies are just too much for me sometimes. But he's in this I, new. He's I in. agree with you about that, Tom. Paul Blart's like the only one I like. But what's he's in the new this one? new movie? The the crew on Netflix. It is so incredibly good. Hmm. Like we put it on just for background noise while Christine and I were both working one night and we ended up like, you know, a movie's good when you put it on for background while you're working and then you both stop working to actually watch the movie to watch it. Yeah. That's my favorite. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So we, it's really good. And Taylor Mm -hmm. Lautner's in it and they do really well together, but. Uh, by the way, speaking of stupid movies, did you see the trailer for Chippendale Rescue Rangers, the movie? No. Uh, the weird live-action animated hybrid, and they got two celebrity voices to voice Chippendale as themselves, and so Dale sounds like Andy Samberg. They don't have the voices. They sacrifice Chippendale's voices for the sake of celebrity voices. I'm over it. I'm done. John, Mul- John Mulaney? Yeah, as Chip. I don't like what they're doing with the animation stuff like this. Like, I watched Alvin and the Chipmunks the other day, and it was terrible. Exactly. Just make they're a tradi- I love Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Make a traditional animated Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie. I'd be oh, it's like it. 30 years later? Yeah. And they're reuniting? Oh my gosh, this looks terrible. And I'm a big Andy Samberg fan. It, it is. It does look terrible. Anyway, so speak of terrible, this is not this gives you an idea of how much we don't want to talk about this movie. We would rather talk about the live action 30 year later Chippendale Rescue Rangers and talk about single all the way. Anyway, Paul's living in L.A. photographing shaving stuff and living with his best friend who has a who's a task rabbit employee Uh, and they're hanging out and. Paul has to go home to New Hampshire because we have to go from big city to small town if we want to try to rip off Hallmark. Wait, yes. And this was a total Hallmark ripoff. This almost feels like a rejected Hallmark script. That I was going to say, up. this is somebody found a script in the trash behind Hallmark and thought, let's make this movie. 
but let's add a lot more stereotypes to it. Like, well, the we'll stereotypes, the annoying family stereotypes. We'll talk about the, the stereotypes when uh, we get to the family and we have all the characters in one room. Because they are all cartoon characters, except for Nick. Nick is the only person with any kind of... And James. ...depth. Which one's James? James is a the boyfriend? Yeah, he's not bad. Like No, yeah. They just but he is the stereotypical perfect boyfriend, right? He's the perfect boyfriend everybody every character is looking for, but he's not the right one. So anyway, yeah. We're doing task rabbits. Somehow they have this nice apartment in LA. Um don't know how they're affording it or how movie. they have money, but they do. It was a what movie, so, Julia? It's a Hallmark movie. These are all oh. Hallmark principles. I thought Julia would have liked the apartment because this guy was Mr. Plant and she likes her plants. Okay. So can I tell you <laughs> how happy that scene made me when he comes home and he starts talking to his beautiful Chinese money plant and I talked to my plants too. So that was very happy to me. But like the minute he walked in and you just see plants everywhere, it made me so happy. It was so happy. I hated watching him talk to the plants. Why? I don't know. It just wasn't believable to me. But that's what people do. People talk to plants all the time. I do. And I also totally sympathize with buying plants out of a need to feel better about, right, things happening in your life. That resonated. That's real. Might not be real for you, but it is for me. So I quite liked that bit. I just didn't find him believable. Well, that's where we learn that that's his passion, is plants. That's his passion. He wants to open a botany or a nursery, right? A nursery? Yeah, he's he wants dating... to have a plant shop. Oh, he's dating a cardiologist. I hope someday I can turn my love of plants into a career. Uh, let's talk about the cardiologist. He was excited because he finally gets to bring his boyfriend home to meet his family because his family is always ragging him about not having a boyfriend. And he's like, you'll come home with me for Christmas. And then we find out the cardiologist he's been dating is married to a woman with kids. Wah, wah. So, so what does heartbreak. he do? There's heartbreak. And now he can't go home and face like all the, oh, you're single. Can't be single. So he asks, buddy, buddy, best asks- friend. Hey, you are, you know, you're planning on making money and working your job and everything, but instead come home with me for two weeks or whatever. This is such a popular movie trope. Have any of the three of us paid, uh, like, convinced our best friends to pose as our boyfriend or girlfriend back in the day? No. No. Me either. No. 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 I have a lot of respect for my friends. And I'm trying to think. I don't think I've known anyone, and I know people who probably would be the type to do that, but I don't know anyone who is brazen enough to do that. I'm not brazen. I just don't want to lie to my family. Right. Well, and yeah. Ironic, considering how well you lied to me and Julia last week. I didn't say I can't do it. So well and effortlessly. I don't don't do it. We have a big, like, we we taught Ellie early on, you know, friends don't lie. And that's like one of our house mottos from uh, Stranger Things. So when she sees that when she's older, she's going to know we're not as creative as she thinks we are so i guess that's kind of a lie to teachers you know this is our family value when we stole it from stranger things anyway uh so <laughs> his buddy's like yes yeah, sh- you know uh, i don't want to do it i don't want to do it yeah i'll do it and it's it's not just that he's bringing him home 
It says he's bringing him home and they're supposed to pretend to fall in love while he's at home. Well, they're and a couple already, right? They're no, they're no, but they're pretending to be a couple. Already, when they come they? home, they're a couple. That's be yeah, because they fell in love, right? Yeah, that's what right. I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, which is but awful this... because his whole f this wouldn't work. His whole family already knows Nick. Like they already love this guy. They already think he's a good person. Like they've known him because they've been best friends for years. And the way they became best friends, we find out later, is built on a lie. As all solid relationships start. But. But anyway, so. The premise doesn't work anyway. It lasts 10 minutes into them getting home. And then it comes out that no, they're not. That actually together. surprised me. That surprised that me surprised too. Me. And I thought that was great. I did too. I was that was one aspect I liked. I was glad change. we weren't doing the whole movie with them pretending to be a couple. Because right. when we. I mean, I guess it was kind of the reverse of that premise. When we covered Happiest Season, they were pretending not to be a couple because the parents didn't right. know they were gay. So it was reverse. But they did the whole movie and then that misunderstanding at the end it all comes out. So I was fully was expecting well. it to play out the yeah. same way here where it comes out at the end through some accident or fight in front of everyone that they're not really right. together. And it didn't. Those it was characters just, let's had resolve depth. it real fast. Which characters? Happiest Season. They had death. Oh, yeah, they that movie. Like, I love that Emotions. Movie. Uh, so mom decides, oh, you know what? I met a gay guy. You should go on a date with him because in this town, there's only one other gay person. Like they're continually playing up the fact that nobody's gay in this town in New Hampshire. And I don't care how small the town is. It can't be that straight. Now let's, Especially let's talk about his parents for a minute because his parents are very like, they don't, uh, <laughs> they're trying to embrace the gay culture, but don't really know anything about it. Like she keeps mispronouncing the acronym, she, she keeps getting the acronym wrong. And then like, right. <laughs> but she's got a book, but she's got a book. <laughs> and then, and then dad does it. It's like, uh, <laughs> you know, oh, uh, you know, it's not every day that you meet a gay handyman. How did you learn how to do all this stuff? And Nick is like, oh, on HGTV. Oh, what is that? A homosexual gay network? <laughs> okay, that made me laugh. Then he's like, it's not porn, is it? And then he goes, basically. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that did make me laugh. I thought that was very funny. Um, okay, so are we supposed to believe that? But I don't recall if they said that our main character has just recently come out, but I assume. No, this is not a recent thing, right? To it his makes family. Sense. He had a girlfriend. I don't know how he, he's only like late twenties, and as of his late teens, he was still in the closet. Okay, but I feel like he's been out for like at least five oh. years. The way he's been talking and the way his sisters interact with him and stuff. And yeah. that was sort of the sense I get too. But I feel like this movie was more about let's keep reminding people he's gay. And yes. single, and not just yeah. my son who is single and oh, also happens to be gay, but he's single. The problem with and this I, movie it is was he's a so cartoon character, he's a stereotype cartoon character. But I can't even fault that, like, oh, it's a stereotyping a gay person because this whole family is full of stereotypes. You get the yeah. uh weird obsessive aunt who's like high on herself who's like the annoying drunk aunt everyone has that comes over for the holidays 
You get the... Who is also the same character she always is. Yeah. yeah. You get the over-meddling parents. The nieces were, like, the biggest sinners in this movie, in my opinion. Like, the way they talked is not how people talk for real. Why are those two not together? I don't know. They should be, right? Oh, I don't know. Like, we should we should do something about that. Let's talk about that later. What? Yeah. No. That's not how people talk. God. <laughs> this movie. I'm sorry. I did not. I'm just not to bury the lead, but I hated this movie. The guy who the played Nick only... and the guy who played James deserve better than this movie. They should have been the couple the... in a better love story. <laughs> the only time I like this, the only time I like the nieces is when they're in the <clears throat> in the church for the rehearsal, and the nieces talking trash about the play about the pageant <laughs> that they're directing to Nick. Right. And he's like, "Shouldn't you be up there?" And she's like, "No, I'm in the next scene, and we'll need to talk about the pageant too because." That may have been the pageant and the the way they worded things for the pageant may have been the only thing that made me laugh, like <laughs> legitimately laugh. Also, okay, I get what they were trying to do with all the sending selfies of the them with his friend when he's on a date. But if I'm on a date and my niece or nephew is sending me pictures knowing I'm out on this freaking date. I turn off my phone. What are you doing? I'm on a date. Leave me alone. Like, that was so stupid. I, I don't know how dating works with a phone. Do you check your messages? Do you check your texts? I, I don't know. Oh, what I do you do? No well, this guy is, like, social media obsessed, right? Because he's a social media strategist. So, of course, he's checking his phone. He's your typical no, he's overworked go dude. I overworked dude I who didn't goes mind, home for two weeks. I didn't mind that um, Peter was like there to see his family, right? That comes up a few times in the meeting, in not the meeting, during the date is just like, gosh, I came here to see my family. And I, as stereotypical as his family is, I like his family. I mean, it's a positive environment. His family is like all positive. They don't have any characters in the family that's a negative one, which is nice. I appreciate it. There was not one family member who was like uh, wary of him being gay. Right. No homophobia. Yeah, none right. at all, which I liked. I liked. Right. And I'll just say as well, I liked the representation in this movie. I liked that they did a love story about a gay couple. I loved yeah. that they, one of, that it's an interracial couple. So we have representation of an African-American lead. I love all that. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like any of it came together and worked, worked for me. No, I, and I think that. It doesn't have to do with the what they were going for. I think it had a lot more to do with the fact that it was so poorly executed. So anyway, they go home. This is going on. He decides to abandon his family and start this relationship with a guy across what? the country. Wait, 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 wait. You liked Julia that this he was there to see his family. Yeah. The- I like that he's conflicted while he's in a date with maybe I... I should be home and, you know, like, and he was even well, conflicted before going on the date um, about because I'm he knows really the family wants family. him to move home as well. He knows right. the family wants him to move home and he's of two minds about it. Right. He so is. when I go to Houston, uh, even when I was going to like home from college or whatever, I was all, I always invited my friends over to my parents' house, so I get that part because I was there to hang out with my family, and I didn't really want to go out a lot unless it was like after they were in bed, we'd go to a you know a bar or something. But typically, I hung out with my family, so I get his his draw, his pull there. 
but uh, the other guy, James, is really trying to. It's really working hard to get him to go back to his place, isn't he? Yeah. Like the guy really wants to hook up. He was not hiding that at all, but he goes out. Whole family. Well, starts out with the nieces are really and and their mom are really working hard to keep him to get him with with uh, James. And so they're doing everything they can to, to spoil his date, including spilling a hamburger all over James at their bar and then going into a story about how selfish. What's his name? Pete, Phil, James, Peter. Nick, Peter, Peter. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we're listing we're listing the uh apostles or the disciples here. <laughs> so then he goes on to tell about how awful Peter is and because he ruined her middle school science project, he's the sole reason for global climate, climate change, change and the destruction of yeah. the polar ice ca- ice caps. But the whole time James is like you really like this other guy. You want to be with this other guy. You should, you know, he's like, no, I don't. No, I don't. And it's like, at some point you would think he would have a little bit more self-awareness, but they drag that storyline out too, where his, his, everybody in his family is telling him that he wants to be with his roommate and best friend. The guy he's dating sees it. Everybody sees it except him. And everyone, the family is working. Nick, like, Hey, you should tell him how you feel. Cause you clearly are in love with him. Right. Yeah, that's kind of, that's annoying. Anyway, so he goes on these dates. Nick, while Nick is spending time with his family, spending a lot of time with his nieces, helping with this pageant that's just a, a total hot yeah, mess. Yeah, because and Nick is decide, a real good guy. He's a real and then they good decide, guy. You know what? He's a real Nick good and, guy. He's the best character in this movie. He is. Nick and Nick and Peter need to spend more time together. And I like it's ask they're roommates and they're best friends. How much more time could they spend together? But one of the few funny lines is when they when they decide that. Peter and Nick should help on the pageant. So they're forced to work together. And Catherine Najimi's character is like, Oh, are you saying they should just do it because they're gay and they automatically like theater? My book says that that's a bad stereotype. And uh, then like, no, Peter is a photographer and is always doing creative things. And Nick is a handyman and would be good (laughs) building the sets. So they get them involved and they help. They pull off a wonderful pageant. After the pageant, Peter and Jane, Peter and Nick are talking, and Nick confesses his love to Peter, and Peter shoots him down. And then James comes in the room, and right after your best friend of years for years tells you he loves you, you invite him to go out to beer with you and your boyfriend. Like he doesn't shoot him down because he doesn't have feelings. He shoots him down because he's afraid of jeopardizing the friendship they have if something doesn't go right with them as a romantic couple. Lamest excuse in the book. That's a legitimate excuse. It is. But that excuse, but even if it is legitimate, that's going to ruin the friendship. So you might as well try. I mean, at this point, the friendship is is beyond reconciliation. Right. It is wrought with issues for sure. But it is a real feeling that. It is a real feeling. Would stress you out if you have this whole friendship built first. Well, we. This is the round where we find out how Nick and James became friends to begin with. How James and Peter became friends to begin with. Uh, right, because they were... Peter had just moved to Los Angeles, as had Nick, but they didn't know it. And they were both there signing up for a gym membership. And the people in front of them got a family discount. 
So they decided without really communicating that they were going to pretend to be a couple who's been together for three years and just moved to LA from Chicago. Let me tell you something. Maybe maybe they have better senses than I would, but even if I knew the person I was with, there's no way they could communicate that to me silently. Like if I went up there with like my best friend, male or female, (laughs) and we went up there, they were like, (laughs) like if my friend was like, oh yeah, we're a couple. What? I would like totally blow it. I'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? Come on. Well, they don't blow it, and they get the discount, and they become best friends because of that. So their entire friendship not, is built on a lot. Not only bed fr- best friends. <laughs> no, I said bed friends. Not only best friends, but they moved in together. They're roommates. Yeah, They're roommates as well. They're not bed friends. No, that's a problem. Everyone wants them to be. <laughs> so after all these wonderful dates with James, now Nick, now Peter is torn. Nick never shows up at the bar. Peter and James are sitting there drinking and James pretty much says, look, we're never going to make it. You're, you know, you're, I'm not right for you because uh, Nick had suggested, or Peter had suggested that James move to LA because now he's becoming Instagram famous with 11,000 followers. So obviously he should ride that wave and be a celebrity in LA and he's like, but you said you wanted to move back here. He's like, oh, I didn't hear that. He's like, you needed to hear that because you know you want to be with Nick. And he realized he wants to be with Nick. So he goes home. Let me tell you that I didn't like this. Nick is. I, I did not like this. I did not like. I wanted Peter to have this realization on his own or make the decision on his own to end it with. To be the one to end that relationship. I didn't want. James to end it. James to end it. I can. I, I and can. You feel kind of bad for James. James liked Peter. I can accept James Peter. helping Peter realize he loves Nick, but I think it was important for to have Peter end it with James. I didn't like that Nick ended it. I didn't uh, either. James ended it. I didn't either. So he goes home to find Nick. Finds out Nick is already gone. Assume Nick is gone to the airport. Texts Nick. But no, Nick is leaving town and he sees a, an old hardware store that is now for rent and decides to pull over. And somehow, doing task rabbits for everybody, he has enough money to pay for six months of rent so that Peter he has can his move book home money and open his plant writing store. The book. Right. And like I was about to say, we've neglected this whole plot, but I liked how this book ties into the very end of the movie. I really did actually. Yeah, me too. Like yeah. Nick wrote a book and he has money from his book and he's working on a second one. So, so the, the uh, book is about adopting something important. The book is about adopting this dog, his dog, and Nick stars in essentially it. Nick. His Nick and the dog are in it, and it's about Nick adopting the dog. And he, the publisher wants a sequel. And uh, Peter's little nephews who love the book say, "Oh, where's Uncle Peter? You should put Uncle Peter at the end of the sequel. Where you guys pick up the dog from the hotel together, and Uncle Peter's there because." You know, they're being innocent about it. Like, you guys live together. He should be there. But obviously, it's this right. big metaphor for oh, being together, together in a romantic relationship right. sense. So, it plays into the ending of this movie where Christmas morning, the family wakes up and the two of them announce their plan on dating and move to New Hampshire, plan on moving to New Hampshire together. And 
P- Nick, James mm, Nick's gift to the kid <laughs> to the kids is his sequel, the rough draft of his sequel, which is a book. And at the end, they pick up the dog together, and Uncle Peter's there, and it's very nice. I actually liked how that came well, together. Well, it's more than that, but but before we get to that, they Nick rents out this place for Peter. Peter comes and finds Nick, and. Nick tells him this is for you and he's like but I want you to come with me and I know you don't want to leave LA and he's like I never said I don't want to leave LA I said I'd miss I'd miss you and they decide to get together and they they make out in this old hardware store and then they go home and the end of the book is actually that um, Emmett the dog Nick and Peter all move together to New Hampshire yeah after they pick him up from the from the and then uh Peter tells them, oh, Emmett, Peter, and Nick are all moving back to New Hampshire, and the whole family's elated. And then it's the end of the movie, and we watch the weird snowplow guy do more of his karaoke, and it's over. And he ends up hooking up with Aunt Sand. For for those of you who... um are fans of the hangover the snowball the snowplow guy was a guy at the end at the wedding who was singing i took you to the candy shop same guy same character gotcha so um which yeah didn't didn't oh we didn't talk about the the christmas pageant it was really funny it opens up with Aunt Sam coming out and talking, and she talks about how plain and ordinary her niece is. It's like if you look at her, there's nothing, there's nothing special about Mary. She's, she's Glenda her, her too niece. when she does it. Yeah, she's she's Glenda the Good Witch telling the, the nativity story. I am sick of this trope. Okay, and this whole movie is full of tropes. But since we reached the end of the movie, let's dive in a little bit here. I'm sick of this trope, and we covered it last week too. It's the same trope we had last week. Same one. I'm sick of this adult feeling the need for validation where they usurp a kid's pageant to deal with their own need for attention and failed dreams of show business. Wait until you see Ellie's next play. Starring Tom. Like, we dealt with it last week, and I feel like we've dealt with it before. These were not the first two movies we've dealt with that. And it's annoying. I'm sick of it. And this movie... It's not funny. This movie... And I get what you're saying, Julia. The family was nice. I like the family. I like that no one in the family is homophobic. I like that they were so close-knit. But none of them felt like real characters to me, in the sense that they were so two-dimensional. Yeah, there was nothing to connect with. They nothing. were just like stereotype versions of what those characters should be in real life, except again for Nick. Yeah, I love Nick. I love but Peter Hill. had no depth whatsoever. No, he was a. I would have almost preferred the story to be told from Nick's point of view as the outsider going to this family because he was the character I connected with more. With you. Oh, and I'll just say too, as for the actor, considering this is like the first his first major role, I hope he gets a lot of stuff. He was a good actor. I really like that guy. Yeah, he did a good job. He was better than everybody else. He's better than all the Hallmark talent they brought in. Well, let's let's talk about that. In terms of Hallmarkiness, this movie did look beautiful. I loved that little New Hampshire town. 
Yeah. The house was, for, for the mom being as into Christmas as she was, the inside of the house was very understated. So it, they actually reminded me of my in-laws who were got real trees and everything every year. But the minute all the kids are gone, they da- kind of quote unquote downsized to make it easier for themselves. As they get older, which a lot of older people do. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I that felt, I could, that felt honest to me. But yeah, they kept saying how she's still so into Christmas. Like, yeah, I can well, see where she, coming from too. Tom. She requires everybody to call her Christmas Carol this time of year. Which it's, does imply yeah, I don't know what that is. you can't up. give your you can't give yourself your own nickname, people. <laughs> sure, I can. I don't know, but Julia, I get the impression you liked this movie a lot more than me and Tom did. Yeah, I think so. I didn't. So it wouldn't take much. I took it. <laughs> I took it for what it was. It was a Hallmark movie that happened to star. A gay couple, right? Which we've seen happen a few times, not in mm-hmm. the lead this past season in Hallmark, but we did have representation in relationships in Hallmark this past year, which was great. What I didn't like about it was that they were so hyper focused. Instead of it being a story that happened to be two men falling in love or starting paths of love, right? Got a little love triangle going on. It was a family obsessed with the fact that their gay son was gay and trying to find love. And that was really distracting to me Um, because like they could have just had the love story and the looking for love story without having the mom wrestling with having a gay son and like all of these other things built in that was seemed like it was for the sake of laughs and felt cheap to me. Especially um, because his family was so accepting of who he was. They didn't need to keep right. pointing out he was gay. Yeah, I totally get that. Right. It, it did. It seemed counterproductive. When on the flip side of it, so we you've mentioned already we covered the happiest season last year. That was the flip side, right? It was a family who didn't know their daughter was a lesbian and that their daughter's friend who she brought home was in fact her significant, very significant other serious relationship. And so that was watching a family who initially appeared to not be accepting of that thing still love their daughter and learn how to be accepting and all of this stuff. And that felt more realistic to me than this one did. Um, but I think they could have made this one realistic by just having a, a few tweaks. Characters be real exactly. Characters. A few tweaks. Like, a few that's tweaks. My, that's my thing. I think the writing is the f- biggest uh flaw in this movie yeah i was just gonna say i mean i had a few moments where my heart tugged at some of the love stuff particularly with um our favorite character with nick um nick is the guy i'm rooting for in these movies in every situation absolutely because he's wonderful um so i mean there was some chemistry there wasn't a ton of chemistry to me i would have liked a little more chemistry but um but i mean it was benign and could have been done better, but it wasn't like a total flop to me, especially since I, he quoted Clue. He did. That's <laughs> what I, meant to me- I meant to mention flames, flames on the side of my face. I loved that in such a wonderful way that, like, we would in our normal right in our normal lives, we would have been like flames on the side of my face. <laughs> so. Um, I yeah. So I like the premise of this movie. I think we need more 
representation in terms of more LGBTQ plus love stories, more interracial love stories, more, you know, flat out uh, people of color love stories, not interracial. Mm-hmm. I just not even just love stories and across all genres of film. So I'm mm-hmm. glad Netflix did this. I just feel like, yeah, it wasn't. We've talked. We talked before, right, about how Netflix really made Hallmark step up their quality because the Netflix Christmas stuff has tended to be so good. This didn't live up to the Netflix quality. This didn't live yeah. up to 2021 Hallmark quality, which we talked about. Really stepped up their game, mm-hmm. and it certainly didn't live up to the one Hulu original Christmas movie they've done, Happiest Season, which yeah. uh, you know, it's hard not to compare it to that. But it's hard not to compare it to Happy Season just because the premises are similar, just inverted. Um, And I think this, I think pure surface level, the story could have worked. It was just the writing needed to be tighter and they really need to give depth to the characters. Yeah. So I don't know. But I hope we get more movies like this. I really do. Because representation is important. Yeah. It's a Christmas movie. It's definitely a Christmas movie, and it felt Christmassy to me. It did give me Christmas feels. Like, it looked Christmassy. Yeah. When they're outside of the house, it did. It I did laugh. I did, I did laugh because Tom seems like the type, if he ever went home and his mom had a fake tree, <laughs> he would bring in the yeah. real tree and, and switch totally it when his mom's that. distracted. <laughs> my, my sister is supposedly allergic to real trees, so... Supposedly. Yeah, I'm not sure. She says she's allergic to a lot of things. <laughs> Did it have a Linus moment? Yeah. What was the Linus moment? I do love Nick. I do want him to come home. And I want to bring Nick. What was the Linus moment? I just told you the Linus moment. He loves Nick and wants to bring Nick home. Yeah, that's like pretty weak, though. It's a stretch. Yeah, it is a stretch. This might just be one of those where we're like, well, like what there we do was... with Hallmark movies, right? Where the punchline is they find love. There is change, but I wouldn't necessarily, it's like realizing the true meaning of Christmas. Christmas. So there was a change. Right. So Although you could argue it's because him wanting to come home and be close to his family because he loves his family so much and he's always been subconsciously trying to get back to his family. And and Nick's comment when he's like, oh, I don't remember what he says. Uh, so you're, you want to move here with me or whatever? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, even with my crazy family. And he's like, I've been looking for a family, wanting a family for a really long time or something. Yeah. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I like that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I just like that whole idea, like, because a lot of people do think their families are crazy, but then there are people out yeah. there who don't have families of their own who would kill for a crazy family. So that yeah. really, I like that whole sentiment. Yep. Are we going to rank it? Let's rank this puppy. I guess we have to. I don't know. I'm looking at what else I've ranked. 
better than Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. I'm going to give it a three. Yeah, I think I'm going to come in at a three as well. I can't go that high. I gave Mixed Nuts a three. Oh, that was your fault. And I, that was your fault. That movie's a clear 10. And I had Adam <laughs> Sandler in it, so I'm not being biased. I can't believe you didn't like Mixed Nuts. I watched that like a few times this holiday season and it made me laugh and laugh and laugh yeah. each time. Leif Schreiber is just so wonderful in that movie. I'm going to come in at a one. Ooh. That gives us a <clears throat> cannot two. Rec- you cannot reconcile what? I cannot recommend this movie. That gives us a 2.33, which puts it at number 98 on our list, under Surviving Christmas and above the original Black Christmas. Ouch. Ouch. We did get two comments on this movie, though, both via Instagram. Well, I saw one on Facebook. What were they? And one on Instagram. Well, it's um, a Facebook, the Facebook one, one I've got pulled up if you want me. Well, I said I did, but then my page refreshed. Ruined my entire night. While Julia pulls that up, I do have the Instagram one pulled up. So Casey and the Bear, who I think is Casey Mott, right, Julia? Who yeah. Who we've had on the show way long yes. ago. She wrote, I watched the Trixie and Katya reaction video to this movie to see if I should watch it. And it was a resounding no from both of them. Crying, laughing face. Look it up on YouTube if you want a good laugh. And then we got a message on Facebook. Uh, yeah, from Have Yourself a Merry, a Movie Little Christmas. Is that the one you see as well? No. Oh, no. I was talking about Instagram. What's the Facebook comment while I pull up oh. the Instagram message? So Have Yourself a Movie Little Christmas makes an excellent point that we definitely need to vocalize. Um, they said, I always appreciate in these movies when they don't make the romantic rival a bad person. It ups the romantic and dramatic stakes while you can see the lead winding up with either option. Yes, absolutely. I love that. No, I, I do totally too. I that. feel bad for one of them. But – why would you want to be not, in a relationship with somebody that wasn't actually your person, though? Plus, not he everyone was mature in life enough to know that. Not everyone in life is a bad person. Sometimes relationships don't work out just because you don't click. So I do like that. Yeah. And then uh, we got Facebook, an Instagram message from Ken Palmentary of Clearly Just a Book Club, who wrote, love, love, loved it. Can't wait to listen. So sorry, Ken. Ken, by the way, shout out. Used to work with Ken. Nice. But it didn't work out. Neither of you were bad. It just didn't work out. <laughs> uh, sadly, sadly, it didn't work out. I married Sarah and he married his boyfriend, Justin. <laughs> but we're still amazing friends to this day, even though it didn't work out. <laughs> but yeah, check out Clearly Just right. a Book Club. Him and his friends uh, do a book club via Instagram Live every month. And it's interesting so nice good recommendations where can people let us know their opinions that's what i was gonna say let us know Mm -hmm. give us feedback like this on all of our social media which you can find at linktree.com slash tis the podcast it has links to our facebook facebook group twitter instagram reddit and patreon wait whoa patreon What's Patreon, Julia? 
Well, for as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron of the TISA Podcast Patreon, which just means we have extra content there that has not made it to our regular feed, um, and it doesn't just cover Christmas. So we have some extended episodes of our Christmas stuff, um, primarily us laughy laughing and unedited and all of that good stuff. But we also have stuff that has nothing to do with Christmas whatsoever, but happens to be in one of the fandoms we like talking about anyway, like a bunch of DC stuff, Marvel stuff, uh, Halloween stuff, good stuff. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, just head to, how do we get to the linktree.com slash tis the podcast. Oh, and it's just there. Um, uh, I speak of Patreon. I have a question for you, Tom. Are you around this Saturday night? Late. Maybe. What are we doing? I think I am getting with Jerry to talk Peacemaker for Patreon. Are Jerry and I the two best people to talk Peacemaker? Yes. Okay. I mean, Jerry's Mr. Comic Book Knowledge, wealth of knowledge, and you have really enjoyed the show, so I just think it could be fun. Yeah, just find us interesting choices. Oh. Oh, because it's, because both of you are the complete opposite of, like, uh, John Cena, <laughs> John Cena waving his penis around, loving that show. Yes. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll defend the penis, you guys can defend everything <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm not surprised. That's exactly what I would expect you to say. <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of Jerry D, next week. So I know we said in, we said last week that Babes in Toyland was coming up next week, but I messed up the scheduling per usual. <laughs> so Babes in Toyland is being pushed back a month because I had already let all our guests know, coming up know their dates, so we couldn't rearrange those. So next week... <laughs> Especially since last time, next week's guest, his wife got upset. I <laughs> screwed up that date. So not this time, though. <laughs> next week, to cover that very festive Christmas movie, Spider-Man Spider No Way Home with us, we have Jerry D. of Totally Rad Christmas and Chuck from Just Another Friday Night, who is the nicest, politest dude ever. Uh, right. Nicer and more polite than Jerry? He's like... On level with Jerry, which makes sense because I met him through Jerry. So, oh, that's funny. Huh, okay. And starting the week after that is Women's Month. March is Women's Month, and we have a whole host of women's con- uh, content featuring strong women coming up with the podcast. Not only in terms of what we're covering, but Julia's a strong woman each and every week. But we're also having a bunch of strong women guests. Who you know and love, like Kendall and Charlene and Michelle and April and Julius, is not going to be alone in this uh, in this uh, Wiener Fest for a month. So I don't appreciate that term. That term. Never cared for that term. No, neither. <laughs> so it's be a great name a- for a hot dog stand, though. <laughs> Wiener Fest. Would it? I don't. I don't know about that. Would totally fly in New York City, wouldn't it? I totally would. Yeah, people wouldn't even think twice about it. We'd have uh, a so news good. story on it in Oklahoma if it happened but, here. 
that's the good thing about New York City. You can like, find like a full frontal, like naked woman walking down the street, walking like a cow on a leash, and nobody would blink twice because, like, it's New York. Yeah, it's New York. <laughs> Here they would have our senators would be our state representatives would be creating bills to ban them from ever being near a school. Yeah, mm. and that's probably right. decide to 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 ban six books while they're in the process of it yes mm. while secretly buying portions of the new hot dog stand wiener fest so they could make some money on it <laughs> while it was still happening. <laughs> uh so lots of exciting stuff coming up though the next few weeks i'm excited to talk to all our special guests yeah i'm super jazzed about next week because i only get to see spider-man wait are we allowed to say that because it means you got it with unsavory methods it's fine because for all they know we could be just going off our theater experience so okay well i'm not gonna say what i was gonna say then oh right i know what you're gonna say but yes i'm excited too because me too me too so <laughs> you know what else has me excited y'all what? there are only seven thousand five. what does have you excited <sighs> there are only seven thousand five hundred and thirty six hours until christmas that's three. That is only 314 days. 44 weeks. Do your homework, y'all. Bye. Bye. I hope you have a horrible Christmas. I hope you have a nasty new year. I hope Santa leaves you cold in your stocking. Frostbite in your ear. I hope reindeer piddle on your rooftop. Your eggnog is flavorless and thin. I hope the snow never comes. Your mistletoe dries up and you run out of vodka and gin. I used to wish you merry. I used to wish you well. But you left me broken hearted.